Welcome to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Debick, the founder of Life Coaching with Lauren, a female empowerment coach, an entrepreneur, empath, and a lover of the ego-friendly lifestyle. My mission is to help women take control of their lives by teaching them how to increase their confidence in an authentic and genuine way so they can achieve both personal and professional goals. I will share ways to increase your confidence, tips on how to integrate grace into your life, as well as stories and advice from other experts on how, as women, we can better empower ourselves and those around us. I will show you exactly how to use the power of confidence and grace to create an empowering and invigorating life that you are excited about waking up to every single day. Now, let's dive in. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Graceful Confidence Podcast. If you do not know my guest, you are going to want to. She is an absolute powerhouse. Olivia Ortiz is a mom, a musician, an entrepreneur, and someone who cares so much about her community. And I'm so excited to have the opportunity to speak with her today. Thank you so much for being here, Olivia. Thank you for having me, Lauren. It is my pleasure. You do so many things and I see all of the fantastic things you do on social media but let's start with your business Shugi Company so can you tell us the story a little bit behind how you got started with this um well Shugi Company is really a part of the new like personal care revolution really is what it is um I believe that I think people are more healthy and like more aware of like healthy choices and stuff now so um, when I first started this, though, it, it wasn't for other people. It was for my family and it was for myself and my husband. And I started making the products for us first. And then, of course, like family members started getting it and then friends. And then it just so I ended up having to get a business license to do this. So. <laughs> How did you come up with the idea for it? Um, by accident. You, you know, they say that like, uh, like necessity is the mother of invention. And it's so true because, um, I was trying to get pregnant with Roman and that's when they found the lump in my armpit. And then the doctor was like, yeah, you should probably like not use chemical stuff anymore. And I was like, oh, great. Back to the health food store. This is going to suck. <laughs> so I started, um, I started making stuff for myself and my mom um gosh it's been almost like i think it's been 10 years now 10 years 10 11 10 or 11 years now so yeah i started a little while ago and just kind of spiraled on from there like i started out with just a few products like um some deodorant uh like diaper rash cream um and lip balm and stuff like that and now it's like a lot more than that. So <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I'm a huge proponent of the eco-friendly lifestyle. So when I started diving into your story and learning about the clean products, no chemicals, I was like, she's even cooler than I thought she was. <laughs> how did you have like a base knowledge of these different products or how did you go about creating the diaper, diaper rash cream and the different products initially? So kind of, um, like I always, I like cooking a lot and baking and I'm pretty good at math and science. So 
and I have a pretty good knowledge of like natural products and how they work together because, you know, like my mom was a hippie. So we were raised in like a hippie household. Like, I don't know if your mom used to say this to you or not. Like, you'd be like, I have a headache. First thing she would say is drink water. That's what I say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it just kind of goes on from there, you know, then your pressure points and then like sniff this like essential oil and like, yeah. So yeah, she was, she was totally like natural and stuff like that. And, um, so that's kind of how it all started just experimenting in my kitchen, basically. That's awesome. And were you nervous about starting your own business? Girl, I, yes, I didn't even, I, I wasn't even supposed to do this. Like, no, I, this is totally, it's one of those things that happened by accident. It's kind of organic because it, I needed something and I couldn't find what it was that I needed um, that didn't have like a million like chemicals or things I couldn't pronounce. And I was like, what is this? And my son, when he was born um, in 2008, he ended up being allergic to like certain baby products, which babies like who's allergic to like Johnson and Johnson stuff. You know what I mean? But he was allergic to something in there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, well, I can't, I have to like bathe him with something and put something on him. So, um, back in the kitchen and inventing stuff and gosh, we have a bunch of great products from that. So what have been some of the biggest challenges you've experienced as a business owner over these past 10 or 11 years? Um, gosh, so many failed experiments. <laughs> I don't know if you've read my blog or not, but, um, when I was first making the deodorant, like I literally, Lauren, I literally peeled my armpits off, like with my batches. So I was like, it's fine. I needed to exfoliate them anyway. It's fine. You know? So like my armpits peeled off. Um, and I didn't experiment on anybody except for like family and friends and myself. So that was an adventure for us. But I would say probably some of the hardest challenges besides getting the original recipes like right mm -hmm. um had probably been adapting to all of the social media like platforms and stuff like having like knowing which one to put your items on at which time and like figuring out like okay I gotta make this post before noon because people are getting on their phones on this site at noon and this other one they get on after work so I, you probably experienced some of this in your line of work too. Absolutely. So it sounds like a lot of it was just trial and error. And unfortunately, like you said, you know, you're, you're dealing with products that you're putting on people for those yeah. trial portions. And another thing too, is the natural products, um, natural ingredients are a lot more expensive. They're not as cost effective as like, say like a, one that has chemicals in it because the, the ingredients that I source are usually handmade from like smaller villages or parts of the world where it's like giving women jobs. And so a costly mistake is like messing up like a pound of shea butter is expensive. Yeah. So if you mess a recipe up, you got to get another pound of shea butter from the place that you got it from, you know, and start all over again. So 
mess ups are really expensive. And, you know, I mean, the good thing is they're like edible, but (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Probably don't want to eat, eat that. What have been some of the biggest surprises you've experienced as, as a female business owner? You know, I think maybe not as like a female, but just as a business owner in general, especially when you're not like, this wasn't my goal, wasn't to like have my own business like this. Like it just kind of happened by accident. So like one of the biggest challenges is trying to prepare for like what happens in the natural progression of owning your own business when you're not like, trying to own your own business, if that makes sense. Like, it's just, it's like, there's all these steps that you have to take that you just kind of like roll into almost it's, it's, um, it's challenging, but I have some business experience and some experience in like dealing with like customers and people and, Um, things of that nature, because I've had customer service experience in the past. So like I worked in a restaurant and if you have never worked in a restaurant, I would highly encourage anyone to go work in a restaurant because it teaches you so many valuable life skills, like how to balance your time, how to balance your budget money that you earn for the night, like what to do with it at the end of the night, like dealing with customers that are grumpy. That makes, that makes absolute sense. If you 100%, I really think everyone should at some point work in a restaurant. Can you talk a little bit about the Shuggy Spa and the sugar Shuggy Shack and how you came up with those ideas? Yeah. So actually fun facts, my husband was really pissed at me for buying it. <laughs> I was okay. So I was on Facebook marketplace late one night, like two years ago, which don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, But I saw this really fantastic, um, little silver bullet or little it's big, it's enormous, but silver bullet on there. And it was on my like five to 10 year goal to get in like five to 10 years. So, but I just saw it there and I clicked on it. And then I messaged the lady about it and it was a piece of hot steaming garbage inside. (laughs) But the outside was in really, really good shape. And I went and saw it to make sure that it was structurally sound. And I, we looked at the bones of it. It had really good bones. And I knew that I wanted to gut whatever it was that I got because I don't like the traditional layouts of um, the older the older um, like avions and airstreams and stuff. And I knew I wanted to have like a shop like feel to it and just airy and open. So um, I bought it and <clears throat> drove it home, duct taped <laughs> to the bumper of my brother's car. Like literally we duct taped <laughs> the little um, latch down so it didn't come off. And we drove it home from High Springs. It's, it's like two and a half hours away from here. and. I've been working on it since two years ago. So what, 2018, no, 19. I thought it was going to take me like eight or nine months. Lauren, no girl, no. 
it took a year and a half and there's still stuff on it that I'm like wanting to upgrade, but a year and a half and just like my original budget for it, mm -mm, it's double what I had my original budget for. So I'm like, but it looks and feels the way that I wanted it to like the way that I was envisioning it in my mind. Another danger of late night shopping is also late night Pinterest boarding. So yeah, that's yeah. My Pinterest board threw up inside the Shiggy Shack and it looks awesome though. For, for listeners who may not know what the Shiggy Shack is, can you explain a little bit about what, what the concept of it is? Yes. So it's a mobile spot experience, um, inside of the 1974 Avion Legrand and it provides a spot experience, like wherever it is that you want to be. Now I have a couple of locations that I can uh, set up shop at. Like if your location, I can't access it because this baby is 31 feet long. Okay. Just the Shuggy Shack is 31 feet long. So my whole rig with my trailer uh, truck and trailer together, it's like 54 feet and it sits only about 10 and a half inches off the ground. Cause it's made in the seventies. So it's a low rider. Okay. <laughs> so it can't go everywhere, but it can go most places. Um, it's pretty sturdily built, but not every house or home or business is made for the Shiggy Shack to be parked in front of it. So I do have other locations, like for instance, um, the downtown market right now is one of the locations that I have access to use. Um, and I park it next to the food trucks down there, which is beautiful. We're actually doing a party, another one down there in like two weeks. So I'll be down there in two weeks. I'll let you know. So you can come by and take a peek inside. That would be awesome. Yeah. Do you have any prior knowledge about how to convert something like this into a spa? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> What I love about you is your willingness to just jump in and try new things. So a big piece of what, what I talk to people about is building confidence. And one of the ways you build confidence is to try new things. So you are like the poster woman for jumping in and trying new things. I think that's awesome. I think too, confidence is built, Lauren, um, through failure as well. And I know a lot of people don't see that as like an aspect and like I think social media you don't get to see a lot of people's failures like on social media because it's not pretty and it's not fun but it happens and like that's how you learn sometimes you know if you were to get it right every single time you would learn nothing in your life failure really is a great teacher and it's not like um it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Failing is good because then you know how to not do it again. So, so yeah, I definitely, um, I learned a lot actually doing the build, not only like physical limitations, like I learned, which is a hard lesson for me. I learned to ask for help when I needed help. And that's, that's one of the things that's kind of hard for me to do because I'm, pretty much like, I'll just do it myself. Like I will just do this myself. And then if I can't do it myself, then I'm like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And if I can't figure out, or if it's beyond my scope of things that I could do, then I learned to ask for help. So I hired my brothers and, um, who both do construction. They have their own construction companies. I hired them to do some of the work in there. And then I hired an older gentleman, um, in his eighties who used to work at Optima, Optimum, 
one of the RV places and he rewired it and stuff like that. So, and then of course I got my husband in there to do the fire inspection on it. Cause he's like, I'm like, I'm not trying to burn this down because I put a lot of money into this. Can you just make sure everything's going to be okay? <laughs> so <laughs> I installed like a little fire detector in there. And um, of course I have my little, you know, the fire extinguisher and stuff like that. But yeah, he was, um, he was pretty adamant about getting it rewired for sure. He was like, this is 1974 wires and a family of mice lived in here. And I was like, mm -hmm, don't worry. I got it under control. We're right. We are definitely rewiring it. So safety first, especially yeah. when it comes to something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous inside though. And I'm really glad that I did hire other people to do it because I'm pretty sure I couldn't have done that work in there with some of the wood stuff. Like they did such an awesome job with like the wood on the ceiling and you know, the walls and stuff like that materials I chose. Of course they were mad at me. They're like, why do you have all this? I'm like, because this is how I want it to look. And now that it's done, they're like, okay, it's cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome to have that vision and then see that vision come to life. I do want to back up to the failures concept though. Other than peeling your armpit off, did you have any other failures over the journey of the past few years in, in everything that you do, not just the business? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that like with, with my music that I do um, with my bandmate, Mike Wall, we've been really trying to get something together going as far as getting like a recording and stuff. And we had goals of like, you know, like let's get it done by this time. And just like, not, not pushing forward towards that and getting it done when I wanted to get it done. That's kind of like a failure to me. Like I'm just really bummed about it, but it's something that I'm still striving towards. Another thing too is, you know, this whole this whole COVID thing just sucks big time. It does. But because of COVID, um, we've reworked a lot of the way that we are doing our series and stuff that we're doing um, right now, not only with the Shuggy Mobile, but also with like our Couch Session series, with our Z Night series, with our Hidden Spaces series, all of that. We've reworked all of that because of COVID, which I feel like COVID is a big David Debbie Downer. That's a yeah. that's an accurate feeling. <laughs> and I like, I think too, another thing that kind of feels like a bummer is um, like spending so much time doing like the Shuggy Shack or doing the music part and that it takes away time with like your family too. So like, realizing stepping back and realizing that you have to balance your family time with you know your work time and and things like that that's been an important lesson and that's like a, a kind of a failure but it's a learning experience I, I don't even want to say failure it's like a learning experience you know absolutely how have you have you learned that lesson yourself or what are some ways you figured out some balancing techniques between all the things that you do um, so actually I've taken some pointers from my husband this year. I started doing yoga in the morning with a friend of mine and I downloaded the app and I told her, I'm like, 
please like, do you want to do yoga? Cause she's, we've talked about doing yoga together. I was like, okay, yeah. And so I'm like, I just need an accountability person. Like I'm going to text you every morning, like yoga. And then like we zoom yoga together. So we do it on zoom. So that's been really, really cool. But, um, other things like taking time to, um, take my daughter to like dance class on a certain night of the week, you know, or taking my son to like, we do something together. It's totally a chore, but I love doing it with him. We go to the car wash together without a sister and we sneak and have ice cream and stuff. So I like doing stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but taking that time to balance like family with work, even if it's in smaller little moments is really, really important. And I think it's the things like that, that like your kids and your family remember is like the efforts that you made. For sure. And it's so easy for that pendulum to swing over to the work side of things, especially being an entrepreneur and doing all of the different things that you do. It's easy to get caught up in that. So taking that time for your family, even those little moments with the car wash and stuff, I love that. It's so important. I think sometimes people are looking for a big answer. When we talk about balancing, they're looking for a big, this is going to be the golden ticket on how I balance things. But tell me what you you think. I think it looks different for every single person, depending on your circumstance. It does. Um, One thing that I do is, and I started doing it when the kids were born is sleeping when they're sleeping. (laughs) They say as a new mom, you should always sleep when your kids are sleeping. And so I'm like, "Hmm, okay, lesson learned because if not, you'll never get any sleep and then your vessel will be empty and you'll have nothing to give them. So like filling up, filling up your vessel with a sleep, um, good nutrition, definitely, like joyful activities, um, things that bring like joy and love into your family. Like that's, those are all things that you have to like recharge yourself and self care for yourself in order to be able to give it to like your family and your kids and your community. So that's one important thing. Self care is very important. And that's so hard for so many people. Why do you think that is? Um, I think because it feels selfish, it really does. It feels selfish, but at the same time, it's impossible. It's impossible to give something that you don't have. So like growing up and I, and I saw it in my, my family, cause my mom, I'm one of four kids. And so my mom was always like a really, really hard worker, but she never really took the time to take care of herself. And so it made me feel like a little bit sad because I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if she didn't feel worthy or if she was just too tired. Like sometimes you just have to like, no, lock yourself in the bathroom. (laughs) That's where I'm at right now. And this is what I do on Sundays. I lock myself in the bathroom for an hour and a half on Sundays at noon And I do, I miss your face facials with my clients and my friends and my family, like on zoom and it's a self-care day. And it really fuels not only just my spirit, but also like my body and mentally, like it's, it's so good. Like it really just adds so much more like ease and joy into your soul. And you can actually give it to your family members instead of just being frazzled the whole time, you know? 
Yes. So that's one thing good that has come out of this whole, this whole COVID thing. I started doing it during COVID because I couldn't see my family and friends. And so I started doing self-care day on Sundays and zoom with my friends like this. And I would mail them kits and we do them together. And then boom. <laughs> Idea. Sometimes from chaos, creativity really, really flourishes. And I see that so much with you and all of the different things that you've created over this past year during definitely not an ideal time for anybody. So hats off to you. Thank you. I, um, I think probably as like a creative, your most creative times are when you're under like really high stress situations or when you're feeling, when you're feeling depressed, like that's one thing that, um, as a lot of creatives deal with and myself personally, like depression is something that kind of, it brings out the creative nature. So I don't necessarily see that as like a bad thing. Um, there's, you know, it's like that. I think it's a Disney movie. The, uh, is it up? No. What's the Disney movie where there's like the different emotions. There's like inside out. inside out. That's it. That's, that's the one. So enjoy, like takes the back seat and lets like the sad one take over and like things happen. Like that's how it is being a creative. Like when you let your sadness take over, it blossoms into like this beautiful, like creative moment. So sometimes you need, you need all of your emotions to create things. That is spot on. So true. Yes. Have you always thought that about yourself? Like that, that mindset was your creative place? Um, no, I would say like growing up, I, I don't think I saw it as something positive because of the way that I was raised. Um, I think happiness and joy was always favored over, you know, sadness sometimes, but I think it's like that in every house probably, but from, from sadness and from, um, other emotions besides happiness and joy come good things. Sometimes if you let them, if you let, if you allow yourself the ability to like feel these emotions and get through them, then there's joy and there's happiness on the other side. Yes. So, and I think people don't realize that sometimes, and sometimes you have to put on a smile in order to feel happiness. Sometimes it takes just mentally making yourself do it. Like, okay, I'm going to be happy today, even though I do not feel happy today. Sometimes making yourself do that does bring happiness or joy. I think as humans also, we are so adverse to pain or those feelings of sadness or discomfort that we try to stay away from it. But like you said, if you are in the middle of it and working through that journey, it's amazing what can be found on the other side. I agree. I agree. Well, let's transition a little bit to talking about all the awesome things you do for our community. So can you talk a little bit, number one, about ways that you're involved in, in the community and why that's important to you? Yeah, so, um, oh 
gosh, where do I start? Okay. <laughs> so this past, I would say probably, probably three years ago, I was telling a friend of mine, I learned to say no um, to people and to say yes to things that I was really passionate about. And sometimes um, that's one of the greatest things that you can do is saying yes to the things that you're really passionate about and saying no for right now to the things that are not imminent, like in the season of your life where you're at. So um, we joined the um, associate board at the Riley Arts Center, oh gosh, probably four years ago, maybe. And, um, and we've been doing art and music events with them throughout the years and also the Marian Cultural Alliance and the Appleton. So between my husband and I, we serve on, on these boards, like we volunteer on the boards for them. Um, another cool thing that I really enjoy doing is, <laughs> is, um, is watching other artists and other musicians around our town like grow. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I created the Couch Session series to really amplify and help others to grow on their journey with that. And then after that, then we started another series called Hidden Spaces. <laughs> and then after that, we did another series called Z Nights, which is fantastic. And we still have more, but we haven't rolled them out yet. <laughs> but we, we do those um, to give back to the community and that's for the art and the music. And I feel like there's such a need for that here because our town is really growing artistically and with um, musicians as well. Like we did a survey a couple of years ago trying to kind of find out where Ocala fits in on like the kind of like an Austin city limits like vibe where they have lots of art and music you're known for stuff like that. So um, being a part of growing the artists and the musicians in the community has been really like impactful, not only like personally, it like makes me so happy to see them like flourish, but also bringing like talent and stuff like into Ocala and just like widening like our pool and kind of making people take notice of all the amazing amazing talents that we have here in town has been like really joyful for us. So that's one thing that I really enjoy doing. And another thing too, is with my brands, now that I have a platform, the Shuggy brand, I'm able to um, support artists and musicians with the artist label series that I have there. Um, I actually just, I want to show you, hold on. So I just created, and you're seeing this, right after Aaron Thomas, this is a piece of artwork that he created. It's not a circle piece, but it's, um, it's a big square. It's 24 by 24 and it's at the Noma. Um, but he's one of the new upcoming artists in the community. And he actually, I think, start, I think he started painting for like therapeutic reasons too. But he, he um, contacted me and I put out a call to artists and musicians like, hey, contact me if you're interested in doing like a private label because I can do it and then you'll have a soft good for your show. And it helps me too because people are introduced to my product line, but it also helps them because then they have something they can sell. 
Becky Sin just did um, a lip balm and Heather Lynn just did a lip balm. I just this week delivered them. I actually was like making them 15 minutes before Becky's show. They were cooling in my um, blast chiller before I brought them to her show. I was like, these are so fresh. The middle is probably still warm. <laughs> that is so cool. What a great way to just have partnerships across the different art scene and culture scene. So that's awesome. It's so cool. I started doing them uh, last year, year before last with Teddy, Teddy Sykes and EJ at their Neon Dream show. And then I did the other one with Derek Grimsley on his night swim show because they were the same night. And so I was trying to figure out a way that I could like help my friends, my artist friends, like do promotion stuff. So I kind of like came up with this idea and I'm like, oh, I hope they're going to go for it. And they did. They jumped on it. I was like, oh my God. And we sold out and I delivered all of them that night. So the people came to the show and they picked up their orders and it was fantastic. So that's what we're going to do again um, for pre-order stuff. So, so I do, I have a question. You said, okay, I got this idea and then you just moved forward with it. Are there any times where you, you get ideas or how do you know which ideas to move forward with and which ideas you're like, maybe I'll sit on this for now. I don't, I have like a little like writing thing that I write them on sometimes, or I'll like text them to myself and I'll run them by Tony. He's so good at knowing like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like do that now. Like he's really good at like predicting stuff like that. He's good at, he's good at a bunch of things, but there's two things he's really good at. And it's that, and also naming stuff. He is so good at naming stuff. So important. He's named, he named Sugar Company. He names both of my band names. He named all of our kids. Like he's so good at that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a genius. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. But- I think that's sometimes where people get stuck when they want to do something and they have that idea, but like that fear holds them back or they don't, they don't trust themselves or have that trusted sounding board that they can go to and say, Hey, what do you think about this? So that's awesome. I think you just need a person. You just, it doesn't have to be a spouse. It can be like a person that you trust that will tell you the truth. So you need a person that will tell you the truth, whether it be like a parent or a friend or somebody that you respect, like you just need somebody, you need that one person that will be like, "Ah," or like, yeah, that's awesome. So I feel like if I was building your success toolkit, it would be have, have a person stay off Facebook marketplace. Right. Don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. <laughs> Creativity can come from some hard times. So this is yeah. awesome advice that I think a lot of people need, especially with the year we're, we're coming out of, or still, you know, figuring out what new normal looks like. These are awesome tips on ways to pursue those passions and pursue those different ideas. What advice would you give to someone if they had an idea about something they wanted to do, whether it was a business, a passion project they wanted to start? Start it. Start it. That would be my advice. Start it. Sometimes jumping in makes you do it. If you, if it just sits up on your dream board or it sits up on your goals list and you never start it, you're never going to start it. So start somewhere fine. And my, the one thing that I learned, um, is tackle the easiest 
the easiest thing that you can start it with first, the easiest one, not the hardest one, put the hardest one last, start with like the easiest thing you can do. So like, for instance, when I was doing my sugar shack, um, I remember telling myself, if I take out one screw every single day from this row of cabinets, by the end of the week, I will have this whole entire row of cabinets out. So just one screw. So my goal was taking out one screw a day. Of course, it ended up being more than one screw, but it was like one screw a day. Like I have to go down and take out one screw a day. So it start it, start it. <laughs> Do you feel like sometimes people think they need permission before starting a project or following an idea and permission from whomever? I think you have to give yourself permission to fail you have to give yourself permission to fail. Once you give yourself permission to fail and you expect nothing less, but allowing yourself to fail, you also allow yourself the permission to flourish too. So you have to give yourself permission. Like I am okay with failing at this because I will learn something, but if I don't fail at it the first time, like maybe I can do the second thing on this list too. And then maybe I can do the third one. And then it just kind of builds your confidence from there. So starting that's, it's so important to start and start so small, just start one screw at a time. That's it. One screw at a time. <laughs> if you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice, what would it be? Hmm. That's a hard question, Lauren. I, I wish I would have learned the lesson of saying no sooner, saying no to things that I'm not passionate about sooner. Um, if I would have learned that just a little bit sooner, I probably could have redirected some of my creative energy towards the things that I'm doing now sooner. So just, it's okay to say no. And the way that I say no is different than just saying no, because it's not always no for forever. It's just no for right now. So saying no for right now to things that you're not passionate about because later on you might be passionate about it and, and giving yourself permission to tell people how you feel as well. Like I, anybody who knows me knows that I always speak what's on my mind and I will always treat people with kindness and dignity, but I will not hold back. If you ask me something, if you need somebody to sound an idea off, I'll tell you honestly. <laughs> So you'll be that person for people. Yeah. I, I think I am that person for a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, does this dress make me don't even ask that question right now. Go take that off right now and go put that other one on because you're going to look so hot in that. <laughs> yeah. It's so important to be able to set up those boundaries, like you said, to make space for those things that we are passionate about or that we do want to grow in or flourish in. And people have a really hard time with that. So I like your advice of one of the ways you can respond is by saying it's just it's no for right now. That's not forever, but that's a good 
tip for people if they're struggling with saying no to different things. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I, that's one that I learned through failure. <laughs> Where we learned some of our best lessons, truly. Yes. And you nailed it on the head. You know, um, Instagram and social media, you, we see these pictures of people who are succeeding. You have no idea what, how many screws had to get taken out of the cabinet or things needed to get rewired or mice needed to be relocated for it to get there. So I appreciate you sharing your, your truth and your vulnerability as it relates to those things, because I think the way we're going to normalize that is if more people talk about those failures. I agree. Share those stories. And I think too, talking about, and I've had this conversation with a couple of my other creative friends, like talking about your different states of emotions that are not happy normalizes it as well. And it's very healthy. Like it shouldn't be pushed down. It should be used to grow as a person. Absolutely. And I think an important part of that is it takes the person to know that, but then their support group to recognize that and feed into that also, because like you want to be able to feel comfortable to fail. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that too. I think one of the things too about failing, um, you can, you can fail alone, but you can also fail with people. Um, and it's much, it's much easier as an extrovert to fail like with people watching you. Mm -hmm. But if you're an introvert and you fail with people watching you, it's so crushing. So it's, I think, important to know your friends and their personality types and kind of give them the support that they need at the right time. That is so insightful. Absolutely. I have a few questions left. Um, one of them being, how can people find you if they want to find out more about Sugi Company, the Sugi Shack, your services, where, where can they find you? So I'm on golly, a ton of platforms. <laughs> so I'm on Facebook. It's Shuggy Naturals. I'm on Instagram. It's Shuggy Company. I am on TikTok at Shuggy Company. I'm on YouTube at Shuggy Company. <laughs> should I, should I continue on? Um, and I also have a blog too. It's shuggyco.com. My website is shuggycompany.com. Um, the blog, I took a little hiatus from writing uh, when I was working on the Shuggy Shack, but I'm going to start back up again probably next year or maybe just intermittently posting some stuff on there because I really miss writing. That's one of my first loves as well. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for, for the blog and everything else that you're doing. And my last one oh. is, um, when do you feel the most confident? Um, you know, that's crazy. I think I feel the most confident when I'm on stage and it's like me, but it's not me. It's very different. It's, it's a part of me, but it's also not, not me. It's weird. It's like an, it's, it's almost like an alter ego when you're on stage, because I get to dress up and I get to get all like dolled up and pretty. And I love doing that. I love playing dress up. So I love doing that. And I also, I also love making people feel good about themselves. So my two most confident moments are when I'm on stage 
And also when I'm helping other people like take care of themselves, those are the two most confident moments because I feel like I'm giving back to them, like giving back to others. Like, and that makes me feel really good. And it makes me feel really happy and really like good about being alive. (laughs) What exciting things are coming up next? So I know you alluded to a few different, maybe music series that are going to be coming out soon. Is there any things you can June 4th, uh, we kick off our couch sessions June 4th this year. Um, that one's coming up and that's four. we have four sessions every single year and it's an art and music series that we do. And it highlights an artist and a musician and it's audience interactive. So if you've never been to a couch sessions show, definitely come. It's, it's such a cool experience. It's super immersive the audience is part of the show. You really get to dig in and learn about your musician that's playing for the night. They're playing original music. So they're like bearing their soul. The artist is painting original art. You're asking them questions. It's super amazing. I love it. Um, the other series that we have coming up again in the fall is the Z night series, which is a jazz. It's like a jazz infused night with jazz and culinary so it's jazz and food which is amazing like my probably one of my favorite ones was the last one that we had um at the max and that was um the miles davis show which was amazing and then we have hidden spaces which that one is coming up as well um we've kind of put a little bit of a hold on that because we're doing it at smaller venues And we're moving the um, venue spaces to the outdoors because of COVID. So that one has to be in the cooler months. Because as you know, "Mm, girl, it's so hot out right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That and, of course, like the Shiggy Shack, she's on the move, man. I, um, I just joined a club this year where I can park her at vineyards all around the state of Florida and distilleries. So we can have some parties and drink some wine and self-care and like feel all good. That sounds so, magical. It's, it is magical. It is so magical. So that that's coming up too. Um, and then of course, I'm looking forward to some of the art and music series around town too. Like I think Lebedamp is coming. That's not one that we're doing, but I'm really looking forward to that as well. I'm excited. So I'm excited for all the things that we're doing, but also all the things that the art and music community is doing around town as well. They're, uh, we're making it happen. We are. It's, it's happening. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You, you are so insightful. You're just a light in the lives of so many people. And it's so fun to watch you grow and create and just come up with new ideas. So keep it up, girl. You're doing an awesome job. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please go ahead and share it with them. Encourage them to like and follow this podcast so they know when new episodes are launching. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon.